0: Listen all you New
1: Yorkers Hello, I hope no one's eating dinner Something like that. What's up, everybody? It's 10 o'clock on Monday night, which means it's time for the next best thing. Dear Jesus. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Well, get ready. Don't go anywhere. We have a great, 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 great show lined up for you tonight. I can't even contain myself. But before we get to any of that, we'd like to kick the show off by doing what we always do, and that is review all of the great and the not so great things that have happened on. This day in history Today is April 17th and on this day in history, in 1492 Christopher Columbus signed a contract with Spain to find a passage to Asia and the Indies. On this day in 1524 New York Harbor was discovered by Giovanni Verzano. On this day in 1704, John Campbell published what would eventually become the first successful American newspaper. It was called the Boston. 61 Virginia became the eighth state to secede from the Union. Those sons of bitches. On this day in 1865, Mary Surratt was arrested as a conspirator in the Lincoln assassination. On this day in 1917, a bill in Congress to establish daylight saving time was defeated. It was passed a couple of months later. On this day in 19... Sikorsky accomplished the first successful helicopter liftoff from water near Stratford, Connecticut. On this day in 1947, Jackie Robinson with the Brooklyn Dodgers performed a bunt for his first Major League hit. On this day in 1964, the Ford Motor Company unveiled its new Mustang model. On this day in 1969, in Los Angeles, Ceyron Siran was convicted of assassinating U.S. Senator and presidential hopeful Robert F. Kennedy. On this day in 1970, Apollo 13 returned to Earth safely after an onboard accident with an oxygen tank. On this day in 1974, Victoria Beckham, also known as Posh Spice, was born. Happy birthday. And lastly, on this very day in 1993 a federal jury in Los Angeles, California, convicted two former police officers of violating the civil rights of beaten motorist Rodney King. Two other officers were acquitted. That's interesting. I I thought all officers were acquitted, and I thought that's kind of why it was such a huge deal and sparked such massive outrage. Shows what I know. Shows what I know. Well, folks... Not too many things happened on this day in history, so I'm just going to go ahead and kill some time here. On this day in history, in 2017, Jonathan B. Lerner interviewed Davi Santos on The Next Best Thing, a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn. Holy crap, it was one of the most life-changing events ever. That's what happened on this day in history. And who knows, perhaps we'll make history right here tonight on Radio Free Brooklyn and be studied for years to come. But who are we kidding? Probably not. You're listening to The Next Best Thing. Stay tuned. Oh yeah! Holy sweet mother of God, it is 10 o'clock on a Monday night, so you know what that means. Is it time for your favorite show ever? No, but it is time for the next best thing. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Can you hear me? One second. Testing. One, two, three. Are we on? Great. Anywho, it's been a week. It's been a busy week. It's been a crazy week. I feel like I say that every week because I feel like that's true every week. Before we get into what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, let's do the housekeeping that we always have to take care of. Let's just get it out of the way right off the top. If at any point throughout the broadcast you hear an item you would like to discuss or feel there's a tidbit that you could contribute to the show, by all means, feel free to call in. The call-in number is... 928-9732. Nine two eight nine seven three two, 928 9732 Again, that's 718-928-9RFB9732. Or, if you don't want to be heard on the air because you're a little bashful, no problem. You can tweet at us. We are at NextBestRadio. That's at NextBestRadio. Or, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. A lot of stuff gets posted on our Facebook page. Stuff that we talk about in any given episode. information links to pertinent sites, all that stuff. usually goes up on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash radio. Also, if you're really feeling like you want to go all out and write more than 140 characters, more than something you'd feel comfortable posting on a Facebook wall, you can always feel free to send us an email. We are at nextbestradio at gmail.com. And lastly, we do ask you to remember that we are fully listener and producer, supported. If you like what you hear on Radio Free Brooklyn, if you like what you hear tonight, please consider going to our website, going to this show's page, and donating a little something-something to keep us in business. If you like what you hear tonight, well, a donation could ensure that you will get to hear more next week and the weeks after that. Uh, if you... Feel so inclined, you can go to rfb.nyc slash nbt. Again, that's rfb.nyc slash nbt. And the last thing I'll tell you before we get on to the important cool stuff is that all episodes of the next best thing are now available on iTunes as podcasts. Holy crap, that is huge news. It actually happened weeks ago, but every time I say it, I just get a little excited because it's huge. If you ever miss an episode of The Next Best Thing, which, come on, let's be honest, you miss most of them, uh, you can go to the iTunes Store or check the podcast app on your iPhone. Just type in The Next Best Thing, click on our logo, which I trust you know, and there you will find literally all of the past episodes. You'll see the title, so you can pick and choose which ones pique your interest or which ones just simply sound the most bearable. Listen to those, and if you have a few minutes... Rate us, review us, tell a friend, tell a relative, tell an enemy, do whatever you got to do to spread the word, because the word of mouth is how we grow. Oh, man, that was exhausting, wasn't it? It was for me. I'm sure it was for you, too. So, that's all the housekeeping I can think of right now. If I've forgotten anything... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Good. All right, speaking of... Hello... Oh yes, beautiful mood music. Let's turn it off. You know, it has been, this has been an okay week. And I mean that in the... Remember two weeks ago when we did a show and I talked about my beloved Kansas City Royals and how it was opening day and I was a little nervous because I was feeling so, I felt like they were so kind of under estimated going into the season they won the world series in 2015 no one seems to know that anymore because all it's it's all about the cubs 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 but anywho they got their asses kicked that first day they got their asses kicked the next day and the day after that yeah we started this year oh and three at one point i'm pretty sure we were two and six so i was not feeling that great about my beloved kansas city royals not long ago. However, in the most, in the recent days, they have come crawling back from the abyss, they've won four games in a row, and they now sit at six and six, so they're 500, and again, it is very, very early in this season, very, very early in the year. It'd be foolish to try and say that we know anything at this point, because things change, players will get injured, players will improve, they will be in and out of slumps, and all that crap, but... For the time being, we are looking better than we were. And I will stop talking about it soon, because I know that there aren't a whole lot of baseball fans that listen to Radio Free Brooklyn, and there are even fewer Kansas City Royals fans. But you know what? I love that goddamn team, and I'm going to talk about them goddamn right now, because goddamn, I love them. What? All right, let's see here. Tonight we have a great show put together for you. When don't we have a great show put together for you? But tonight it's even more great than usual live in studio we're going to have davi santos who is really kind of an up and coming actor and i mean that actually i kind of hesitate to say that because he's been working a lot especially lately uh he's probably most known for being the gold ranger and the power ranger power rangers dino charge which is kind of like the most recent iteration of the power rangers series power rangers franchise which we all grew up loving and if you didn't, then you were either a loser or a liar. So he'll be in studio. He's also been in The Cure. He's made guest appearances on Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, Switched at Birth, ABC Family, The a bunch of other stuff. And we're going to talk to him about all he's been up to and kind of his background uh, in just a little bit. But before that... Time for some fun facts. Did you know that the average person has over 1,460 dreams each year? What? Did you know that the state of Florida is bigger than England in its entirety? Who bloody cares? Did you know that ants, just like humans, stretch when they wake up in the morning? Yeah, time for a good day. Did you know that owls are the only birds who can see the color blue? Okay. And lastly, did you know that there is a company in Taiwan who makes dinnerware out of wheat so that you can eat your plate? Yummy! Now, when you're so ravenous that you feel the need to eat everything on your plate, including the plate itself, I think we have a problem.
0: Hell yeah!
1: All right, well, that'll just about do it for this edition of Fun Facts. Stay tuned for more great music, and who knows, maybe even a special visitor later. This is the next best thing. Don't go. Okay, and we're back. And believe it or not, uh, we have in studio Davi Santos. Davi, thanks for coming. You're only in town for a few days, you said, right?
0: Yeah, I'm here for eight days.
1: But you're from here. Yes, I Grew up here, so you know that you know the area very well. Very well, well, actually, you—I didn't know this. You were born in Rio de Janeiro. I was. They tell me that you don't know that.
0: Well, I mean, I don't have any memory. I, have you I, ever been to Rio? Like, I did recent, like five years ago was the first time I, I went back.
1: So okay, so you were born there, but you you moved here. Your family moved here before your first birthday.
0: Correct. Yeah, I was uh, nine months old when they moved here. So you don't remember it. So I don't, of course. <laughs> they met a bit. Penby, Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Well. Oh. So what does that mean for your status? Because now there's all this scary single st-
0: and ready to mingle. N- no,
1: I mean like your immigrant. Are you have a green card or something? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad I do.
0: Because if I didn't, I'd be in tricky waters <laughs> well, right now. Nowadays. Uh, yeah. But you know, I, I I did get my green card. Although it was uh, it was a struggle, and it actually motivated me to to fight for the Dream Act uh, because of being aware that so many. I mean. Thousands and thousands of people don't have um, like kids, you know, teenagers mm. don't have the rights to to drive, to have social security, to work, you know, and they grew up here.
1: Right, like you, you like could have. Now, how did you give us an example? Because I mean, while we're because it's never been more relevant. Like you started fighting for the Dream Act, I think, in 2011, mm. right. Which is way before you know any there was any talk of walls or deporting family, just certain family members and stuff like that. So how long did it take you? Like the process is pretty long. Oh
0: yeah, I th- I feel like I'm the the longest process that I know, and uh, I actually can't even believe we we're talking about this on the radio. But yeah, it was uh, why why it's it just just because it was it, it was such a sensitive kind of subject for so long, but now it's sort of after the fact, so it feels kind of. You know, when you're outside of it, it's it's so much easier to comment on. But at the time, it felt almost taboo, you know? Well, yeah. Um, I
1: mean, can you imagine if you were doing it right now? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. It's like out of the shadows. Everyone, we need to be out of the shadows with our status.
1: Well, and or scared that you can't talk about it because.
0: Yeah. Someone might knock on my door tomorrow and, right. or barge through because I mean, once upon a time, you know, back in 2011, you uh, an officer, an ICE agent needed to show up with. A judge's signature on on a warrant, but now I mean the stories are that they're just barging through doors right. and picking people up, and then realizing at the detention center they got the wrong guy,
1: or that they you, or, or they'll think that like they're picking up uh, someone who's really committed like a series of felonies, but they haven't. They might still be an illegal immigrant, but they have no criminal record. Undocumented immigrant. Uh, right, right, we're right. But okay, yeah. but then they realize so they haven't committed no crimes, but. Well, they're undocumented, so let's just kick them out anyway. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, and you're hearing it, people say these are anecdotal stories. Okay, sure, but that doesn't make them less real. I mean, like, they're hear, happening all over the place. And you're hearing about moms and like, there was a story about this mom, I can't remember, I've not been to Arizona, mm-hmm. who is undocumented, but she had been so diligent about checking in with her uh, officer or checking in with, like, with the immigration office and stuff and making oh, yeah. sure that she was working and that she was. She was the one who
0: put herself forward.
1: Yes. And they deported her
0: because they changed the rules uh, before her eyes and when she showed up for her yearly check yeah they're like oh well thanks for coming in and uh here's a handcuff and uh your kids they're gonna be uh at home by themselves. four kids four kids by themselves
1: what are they so now they're there was talk that they're gonna try and they're gonna try and see if one of the kids can be deported with her oh yeah It's like, oh, that's how you're going to keep the family together. It's really insane. Well, it's it's a little bit –
0: it's a little sick because at the same time, too, I'm sure they're thinking, oh, great, now we have, you know, bait for our private jails. And these are people that are profiting off of – I mean, it's a whole spiral of discontent.
1: And you're seeing now that Donald Trump is learning – um, I mean, in real time now, like when it comes to healthcare, it's just so complicated. No one oh, yeah. knew how complicated it was. And he's talking to President Xi of China and being like, uh, I just got a history lesson. It's, I didn't know it was right. so complicated. It's so, yeah, it's just not easy stuff. It okay? takes
0: talking to the president of the country to figure it out
1: in 10 minutes. So he couldn't have gotten this 10 minute feel before. Well, talking. I'm sure he
0: denied all the briefings possible, right? Oh, well, yeah, he did.
1: Oh, God. I was <laughs> so depressed about it. Okay, but you were raised in Astoria. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your. Okay. What was your family situation like? Like, do you have any siblings? I have a
0: nine year old brother now, but at the oh, really? time I was an only child.
1: Oh, wow. Wait, really? You don't have a sister? No. Oh, for some reason I thought you I didn't. have a phantom sister. Well, do you have like, did you grow up so, okay, so it was just you, mom, and dad growing mm-hmm. up? Yeah,
0: me, mom, and dad, and, oh, you know, surrounded by cousins and family friends. Uh-huh. My parents had uh, a series of friends who had moved at the same time. They all had kids, uh-huh. and we were all the same age, so we had big gotcha. you know, community. Okay.
1: So that, okay. Uh, and you went to LaGuardia Arts. High school. Now that's the now Fame High School. Is that just because of the the movie? Well, they literally
0: shot it there before it was in Lincoln Center
1: oh yeah uh, oh oh it moved it, oh yeah it moved oh, I from I
0: mean there's a there's a plaque in Midtown where the the building used to be oh wow but I had one of my one of my drama teachers was one of the teachers in the film who was in the original space and he recently retired everyone wait
1: a minute they actually used real teachers oh yeah oh, yeah it was that legit, would which n- never happened nowadays
0: I know nowadays' <laughs> it's like yeah let's just grab like uh this this uh, soap opera dude right. to anyone
1: anyone but the real person. anyone. But it, besides Laguardia,
0: it was PPAS before that. and I have to shout it out because they oh. were, yeah, they were the introduction.
1: Did you like going there? Like, did you like your time at high school?
0: Oh well, half half the day is performing arts; the other half is
1: is you know normal academics. That's cr- see now that's because like growing up in the Midwest and stuff like that's unheard of. You know, like well, I I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about like in New York, they have specialized high schools for all sorts of stuff. You know, mm. like technology, sure. auto automotive stuff, like. We were just, we had our general, we had electives, but it was just, you know, you still had to go to Geometry and go to US History. So, like, did you feel, so you must have loved high school. Did you guys have sports teams, though?
0: Uh, middle school, we didn't. High school, we did.
1: You did? Yeah. The same high school yeah, there sports was, teams.
0: Yes, it, it had a basketball team. I think it had a soccer team. But then they had these these strange marginal, they had like a fencing team and a gymnastics oh. team, but they didn't have a well, swimming team. Because
1: they don't have room they don't have a pool at the school, do no, they? No, they
0: did not have a pool.
1: Or a football field. No schools in New York City it was No, yeah, football, no football team, to my yeah.
0: recollection, either.
1: Well, so you loved high school. What was your favorite, or I guess maybe some of your favorite, like, high school experiences? I mean, like, shows. Like, what shows did you guys do there?
0: Uh, oh, Hair was such a production. You guys did Hair in high school? Oh, my gosh, yeah. We did Hair, and it was right when... I mean, it was Bush at the time, I think, So <laughs> oh, see, Really?
1: Wait, did you guys... There was no, you weren't actually naked. Were you in high school? Uh, were we naked? No, we weren't naked, but we did (laughs) something.
0: We did something, yeah. No, we brought kids in. Yeah, except of you brought kids in instead of our yeah body parts, we had children. <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> we had the results of our body parts. It was a very uh, yeah interpretive or a very modern interpretation.
0: It was, but I mean, the process of though was was very conventional and bringing. Uh, we just the director would just bring us to the park and he would say like, "Here's exercises. Let's just all like feel and touch and play."
1: Yeah, and, and you and, liked it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was. It was Do an, you feel like kind of? I mean, it was obviously the fact that you went to this high school. Any any kid who gets sent to that high school obviously has um, an interest in theater and the arts. Um, but did you, did you feel like you were really nurtured there and it kind of like, was there, I asked, usually ask people, was there one teacher that you can think of in your life that made a huge, truly like lifelong mm-hmm. impact on you? Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there were, it was different phases, you know, cause mm-hmm. going in there freshman year, then I had, uh, Richard, the late Richard Harden who, uh, completely just sort of opened doors and threw me into it. And, um, and then, uh, Harry Schiffman at the very end. Um, even uh, doc who is this offbeat also the late doc uh, this offbeat uh teacher who is it was so like sort of strange but endearing and and he gave um our last year mu- uh, play, mm-hmm. uh, I was everyone wanted to be in Dracula, you know, because that was the, the coolest musical? thing. The, uh, the play, okay, the play, the Spring Drama Festival. Oh, the Senior year was okay. it was like you're going out of high school with a bang. This is your last appearance, and everyone wanted to be in Dracula, and I got cast in this absurdist play called The Bald Soprano by Ian Esco uh, I know that, yeah, yeah. And, Wait, and...
1: instead, you so you guys auditioned for like the season for the season, okay. yeah,
0: exactly. So I I, I had to lead in The Bald Soprano instead of Dracula, and at first it was kind of like this shock. But at the end, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing that could have happened because no one does absurdist theater. No one really understands absurdist theater. And so my world was sort of amplified as a result. You know,
1: this is going to sound alert, like stupid in comparison, but my senior year, I was in Greece. You were in Greece. <laughs> and I was really pissed hey, off about it.
0: Greece is the word.
1: Well, I was pissed off. That, OK, so in my our, my junior year, the big like we did a various number of shows throughout the year, but the, there was one. Uh there were three main stage, like big, full out, expensive productions, one musical. And the my junior year it was Brigadoon, which is Brigadoon. very classical and whatever. But that was a big showcase because like it, you know, needed good singers and like whatever. But anyway, <laughs> but then so I thought for senior year, I was like, okay, so this is gonna be great. It's gonna be like the Scarlet Pimpernel or like something really like just picked for me. And I was couldn't fit more raw. I mean, like, and then they announced cause they announced it at the spring ser the spring like uh awards banquet they announced the next year's season and then they said Greece everyone was like all excited and I was like (laughs) because greece i mean come on greece sucks i mean but anyway so but it's it's warmly in our hearts i guess the only reason i thought of that when you said that is because it did end up it ended up being a great experience because all of my friends who were in it were just like my truly good friends who really weren't theater people Mm. you know what i mean but they were in choir or whatever and we just had it was just the most fun because it was the most relaxed there was no pressure you know how a lot of times especially in high school you're kind of like you know, everyone's kind of vying for the same parts and a little judgy and like, you know, stuff like that. And it's because you feel a little bit of pressure. There was none of that at all. And so it was, you know, it ended up being fun. So you you just got to embrace the bald sopranos is mm-hmm. what basically we're saying. Um, okay, so then you went to CUNY.
0: Yeah, I applied to one school because at the time I still actually uh, I oh wasn't my. documented yet, so wow. I couldn't apply for scholarships or for loans. Wow! And uh, I I was graced with this uh, counselor, right? Those mm-hmm. ones that help you uh, with yeah, college, college, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Well, there's this. Uh, uh, well, I had two counselors. <laughs> one was, oh, we'll, we'll figure a way to get you into Sarah Lawrence and get you." But you know it's the most expensive school in, uh, how in the could, country, right? So, wait,
1: so they just wanted to apply, get accepted, and then just and pay.
0: then like, well, no, we'll figure out a scholarship plan. And then this other teacher was like, you know what? There's this school called Macaulay Honors College at and and uh, it's through CUNY, but they basically pay for you to go to school. They give you a laptop. They pay for your study abroad. Wow. You got you get a check every semester. You leave school without any debt, and you make some cash.
1: What? How yeah. do you make cash? Because they give you a
0: stipend every semester. They give so you a grand. They're every... paying you. To they're go to paying school. you to go to school. Holy and crap. And not only that, they even have a create your own major discipline. Right, which you did.
1: Yes. And, and so and you chose cognitive philosophy and theatrical arts. Now, first of all, what is cognitive philosophy and what kind of sparked your interest to go in that direction?
0: Ah, well, I needed a justification to read a shelf full of books that I hadn't been able to read because of school assignments. So right. I needed to have something, an umbrella, that was wide enough to encompass all the books on my shelf.
1: That were just, that you're talking about books that you had purchased or books that you grew up and they were just there?
0: Uh, yeah, that you that accumulate, you know, that yeah. you see at a secondhand bookshop and you're like, oh, that looks great, but you don't have the time to read. And or, they all
1: feel, fit under cognitive philosophy? really, yeah,
0: which is the combination of basically studying, well, I also noticed that in uh, co- in psychology class, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to talk about consciousness psychology teachers are like, well, that's the that's the red line. <laughs> really? You know, yeah, you're not allowed to talk about consciousness because it's not something that is empirically tested. So they always try to test perception, clinical studies. And then in philosophy, that's all it is. Yeah. So philosophy mm-hmm. of mind was sort of the continuation of psychology. Okay. So that's how I sort of combined. So you the really
1: wanted to make it in psychology? I wanted or psychology, but to study
0: it. I wanted to be able to talk about what is reality, what is consciousness, right. what is existence. And right. that's philosophy. But I also want to talk about, well, empirically speaking, how do you amplify memory? What is perception?
1: Hmm. Okay. And so do you feel like and theatrical art. So were did you get to because you got to design your own program, did you get to kind of incorporate the two? Or was it some days you would really have to study for of cognitive philosophy type test? Sure. And other days you had to rehearse for this scene. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah yeah there were classes in one thing, classes in the other thing. The the Challenge was how do you embrace the, them both because you had to sort of write this essay on well how are they related, right. and a lot of people that's how what are they? they, they? Say. Yeah, exactly. It was like well, cognitive philosophy, whatever that is, and and theatrical well, no, arts. Well, that's what not is, what I am.
1: When I said what is it, I just meant like so every, the people know. Oh my god, but
0: that's the that's the <laughs> thing. I keep I always get that response like what is that and how does it relate to theatrical arts? Mm. But in, when you study theater, you're it, it's really sort of dramatic literary analysis. You're studying. Objective. You're studying uh, background, I- incentive, motivation, fears. Mm-hmm. You know expectations, anticipation, and and what is that but perceptions of reality anyway?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that makes sense. I, <laughs> well, with the no, green prep for this, I didn't. I did learn some stuff I didn't know about you. For example, well, I didn't know that you were born in Rio, but I also didn't know that you were. You've trained in martial arts since you were eight, and you currently yeah. hold. Okay, now you have a second Dan black belt in. Shotokan?
0: Shotokan, Okinawan, Karate.
1: Now, okay, can you... I think most people know that Black Belt is obviously the most advanced, uh, I guess. but, But I guess what I'm asking is... We know what what black belt is. Yeah, what does second Dan mean? Okay,
0: well, uh, black belt is really the big. Oh, well, if if you're a legitimate black belt, because I have to say that because there's all of these dojos that are just basically giving away belts, you know? Right. But the whole point of it is once you get to black belt rank, that's really when you're beginning to study. Because until then, you're really figuring out technique and you're kind of sloppy, your timing is off, you're flexibility isn't that great you know mm-hmm. so you're you're sort of coming of age but black belt is really when oh this is the beginning of practice okay so there's first dan when you sort of get your first exposure second dan is when you're starting to learn different kinds of forms katas sort of those choreographed motions and each sort of dan you're supposed to be more refined you know as a okay. martial artist as a athlete
1: so dan is a ranking system is a
0: ranking system first okay. dan second dan third dan up to 10th at least oh. in the japanese federation
1: system okay Oh, so now, so then that, that, does that mean you're still studying or, you know, learning, practicing?
0: Well, learning is for one's entire life. But
1: Will you get to the 10th level? Ah,
0: will I get to the 10th level? My dojo that I'm, my heart and practice in is in Astoria. And of oh. course, I'm also living in Los Angeles. So I'm, I'm delighted that my dojo family is always there that I can just jump back in and take a class. Right. But it really does require and it'll take a long time in order to, yeah. yes, to build.
1: Oh, and then is Shotokan now is that a specification? Like, what it, does that mean? Like, okay, you know, there's the practice of medicine, but a pulmonologist is the lungs, the cardiologist is the heart. Does that mean like a specialized type of karate?
0: Mm. Shotokan, well, it comes from just empty hand. That, okay. That's the that's the lore of where it comes, ah. of the name, um, and it, and in, it was also a, a response to the fact that the they were island of okinawa was being overtaken and they weren't allowed to hold weapons and so they had to develop a, a martial art i love that yeah and i so, do love that so they had the the open hand uh martial art
1: uh so after college between okay so around between about 2010 and 2012 you did a lot of theater stuff around the city and that's where we met let's talk a little bit about uh, we, how we met <laughs> <laughs> well touched. well right how we were all touched oh god <laughs> I mean, not well. well, We might have been had we stuck with it longer. Um, Well, we. So I think I think this is a good story because I think it's a good example of the type of stuff you have to do here. Oh, New York. Yeah, especially when you're just getting your feet wet, like, and you're just kind of starting out. So we were part of this musical at the Thirteenth Street Repertory Theater, which is still alive and kicking. And every time I walk past it, I think of it. But they've actually kind of like, you know, hired a new artistic director. And are trying to kind of you know it's
0: still standing.
1: Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, I the mean,
0: tower of theater uh, pieces. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: I mean, remember like when it would rain, it would like rain in the theater. You,
0: can, you bring an umbrella into the
1: theater, and there were mice everywhere.
0: They were adorably sized, but there were mice. Oh god. And, and it I mean, New York.
1: and it was like, what made it? You know, what made that okay was the cast. Like we, you know, the cast were full of nice, talented, cool people. But man. And
0: it was an ancient historical theater. Al Pacino had his start there as well with oh, absurd absurdist play. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Uh, probably when, you know, I just read this the other day too. Edith O'Hara, who's the owner of that theater, is still alive. Yay! She's 101 years old. Amazing. In fact, I think her birthday was yesterday. Oh my God. And she's 101. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yes. Oh. So I just kind of do wonder and kind of worry about what will happen to the theater when she passes away because the space next to it if you remember during the show we were in they wanted to gobble it up well it was totally under construction like it was just a scaffolding that we would see but now it's this long big beautiful it's like Stuart little the two giant houses yeah but the thing is and i found this out later after the fact they actually wanted to they did want to buy her out but they wanted to build her a new theater oh and give her a nice new apartment to live in the rest of her life and she said no so that kind of throws a wrench in the story of it was like this big bad corporation trying to buy out this little theater they wanted to give they wanted to yes they did want to buy the property trust
0: them though to after they you know after the giant metal balls come and wreck the place that they will actually build her the place
1: I don't know if they had a contract. Yeah, I suppose. But anyway, so we were in that show, and we didn't know. We didn't, we didn't get paid a dime, which is fine. But is it fine? I don't know. <laughs> but um, but it was, yeah. So that's where we met. But after, so we really, we, you know, I, to our credit, not just us, but a lot of the cast people, we really tried to get that show to work.
0: Well, we stuck it out because I've never been part of a play where we saw so many actors... Dysfunction. ...sort of leave and... Yeah, there was really no play like it ever no. that I've ever been part of.
1: But the thing is, is our director, and we won't say... His name. Right, we won't. Or her name. He direct... He His um. Name. He changed the script to the point where... Like, if you think back to the... Even the performances we gave, it was... It wasn't exactly linear. I mean, like, there wasn't a whole, like, throughput plot or anything it was like all these vignettes and he did that he took the original script which might have made kind of for a nice story and totally changed it and never told us and he also didn't tell edith or the original playwright he was just doing all sorts of stuff so and he ended up getting fired i don't know if you can fire someone who's not getting paid (laughs) but whatever (laughs) but
0: he was he was given the boot and it was kind of cathartic for everyone because we stuck it out for. i think i was in it for six months
1: everyone yeah you were in it before i joined but then by the time I, we left, it was, it was just, we agreed. We it had this all talk,
0: but yeah, but we could have, we could have stuck it out and, and sort of created our own show. I remember we right. were at that.
1: But then people started having, without a director, it started getting to the point where it was like, who is the director? Well, and it was all every, you know, it was, that let's say there were 10 of us in the show. That's 10 different opinions. Right. And suddenly it was like, uh-oh. Yeah. They're like there's no direction here. Yes. Everyone has their own ideas. So, so that's the stuff you go through when you're just starting out. Um. But then you went on to do stuff right after that. I mean, like in 2013, you appeared in "Don't Trust the Bee" in Apartment 23. Yeah, that changed the game. Now is it, was that that's what changed the game? That was your big break.
0: Uh, in a way, I mean, that was my first job in LA. I booked it while doing a, a very small theater uh, show in Long Island City. So I did okay. like a I did was doing Salome.
1: Actu- that's right. Yeah. See, and so how did you now you self submitted for that?
0: Yeah, I shot it in my. Friends, uh, Forest Hills apartment. Nice, yeah. So,
1: see, folks, it's possible. It is
0: totally possible. Yeah, a few, a few wonderful projects have come out of that, of those kinds of setups oh, shooting yeah. at home and then.
1: Well, and then so okay, so then came Mr. Box Office. Now, tell us a little bit about this because I've seen, I've seen some clips from it. I've read a little about it, and I know that John Lovitz was involved, but I don't recall ever seeing like any ads or hearing any promos. I feel like it was way under promoted. Oh my god,
0: yeah, that was it was such an obscure kind of. Set up as a whole, well, what, and we had
1: wonderful
0: people in it. You what know? network was it on? Well, it aired on. It was syndicated, so it was playing across the board.
1: So but they should have had promos for it.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, and yeah. and I mean they had amazing people in it too. They had the original. I mean, a lot of the original cast of SNL. We had Gary Busey for a little while, who's yeah. Oscar nominated. We had
1: yeah, it was for the Buddy Holly story. Yes,
0: yes, yes, and Vivica Vivica a. Fox. You know, oh, really? recently yeah. popped out in, in. They were
1: both on The Apprentice. Yes, Apprentice. so weird. are yeah. And Tim Meadows, who's oh Tim Meadows, great Mm -hmm. SNL and Mean Girls.
0: Yeah, I mean the uh, it goes on and a few. But what
1: happened? I mean, like why why didn't this get take? Why didn't it take off? And why didn't why weren't they promoting it? I don't understand. I, I
0: I don't. I don't know why they weren't promoting it. I know. They could have gone so much further with the material as well, oh, yeah? and it was it was just short sighted because I mean it could have been really really funny and everyone was just funnier in between the takes than they were with the material oh. and
1: oh so the writing we, wasn't great
0: I mean how frank can we actually you
1: can be you... I mean first of all it's over so but also I think that and I don't like I said I've only seen certain clips and stuff so I never even I couldn't even find a full episode to watch it for oh, yeah. free <laughs> or like I don't know if I. But like, so I don't know. So I have no opinion on the writing. But you obviously read every script. Oh my
0: gosh! But it, it came to the point where we would be. So it's all in a high school, right? And the whole idea is like, oh, we're in South Central, and this movie star has to be has to be an English teacher oh. in in this South Central place.
1: Was that John Lovitz? What was John no, no, Lovitz? No, uh, that was
0: uh, Bellamy. That was Bill Bellamy, who okay. was the, the English teacher. And uh, but so then it was John Lovitz was his agent was always oh. trying to get him to go back into the movies okay. but he had a job to do and teach these kids nice. and that was like that was the the premise but in the end of the day it was always these sort of like setups that were family friendly mm-hmm. and then when they would call cut you know Tim would was sort of rile into something we would all just crack up and it would be diabolically clever and hilarious and then it's like all right and you know action and then we'd be into these stock like yeah. really happy go lucky sort Kids. of jokes yeah
1: okay so it was like
0: oh yeah and that was the thing they didn't really know who they're marketing for you know was it oh. for adults what? they would make jokes that were for about shows that happened in the 70s and then they would sort of have humor that was really for children okay. and yeah it was all over the place but at the same time it was a, a wonderful exposure to these amazing comics Right. And not to mention, uh, a lot of my co-stars also went on to star in, you know, Glee and and soap operas. and Really? They still make those? What? Soaps? General yeah. Hospital is still there. Oh yeah. wow,
1: dang. That's impressive. Um, all right, so Mr. Box Office, now, then you made a few more television appearances, including ABC Family Switched at Birth, which I learned is apparently set in my hometown, like my little tiny city of Mission Hills, Kansas. Is that right? Do you uh, know that? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. what what was your part in that, or what was your involvement in that show?
0: Ah, I mean, it was just it was uh it was a lovely episode. And oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like it was a recurring a character. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, but then, all right. So here we go. So in 2014, that's when you were cast as the Gold Ranger, right? Ah, yes. And um, now in the Power Rangers Dino Charge, right? Yes. Okay, so that's the iteration. Now, how did that come about? Just another audition?
0: Actually, it it was strange because my my management had passed on it. They they didn't even tell me that they they that the audition showed up and they were like nope he's not going out for it and it wasn't until a a friend uh, told me that he went out and and he was like yo Davi, you have to go out for this I mean it's Power Rangers it's martial arts you know it's it's acting like you have it it's under your belt you know under your black belt and I thought well I mean oh my God and it's shot in New Zealand why aren't I going out for this and I brought it up to my management they were like well. You're you're going out for these huge network series. You're you're testing against X, Y, Z. You're so close to you know whatever. Like, why would you put yourself out of the map for Rangers? You out know? of the map? Well, because technically it's also non-union. You know, oh, even really? though it's this mega show franchise. that's watched in yeah, it's a huge franchise. It's 140 countries. That was non-union. It still is non-union. That's kind of
1: crazy. It I is. can't believe that. Yeah. But um, it's
0: still Nickelodeon, you know, so it's still legit on one hand.
1: Well, it it's, didn't used to be Nickelodeon. Like, that's it was thing. Disney
0: before. Well, it was Nickelodeon, then it was Disney, then it was Nickelodeon.
1: Okay. Well, speaking of which, so, okay, because you've trained in martial arts, does that mean were you able and a willing or even allowed to do your own, like, stunts and fight scenes and stuff like that? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, the stunt doubles – oh, no, stunt doubles. The stunties, the the choreographers, they would, huh. they would come up. I mean, they, it was all very fast, and it was always just – minutes before a take they would sort of show the choreography unless it was something super elaborate you know unless it was wow. your fight against like the monster season finale where they would actually choreograph with you oh. if it was just an episode they would show up come up to you and they'd be like all right so you would they come punch you you block then you da da okay <laughs> so and then i would be like you know because they were amazing they, they were super pro japanese artists martial artists
1: okay
0: um but coming from my background and stuff. So they would be they would be like, "Oh yeah, jab jab punch hook." And I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm going to throw a back round kick. I'm going to do a tornado of like flying kick." Really here. you could,
1: you had that freedom?
0: Yeah, because I could do the moves themselves, okay. you know? So when they call action and the monster comes this way, then boom boom boom, you kick goes up, kick goes up, cooks goes down and then Were you works.
1: actually fighting A monster? Did they CGI that in later? No, they
0: were. It was always people
1: in In costume. Yeah, in costume and suits. How now? Was it hard for them to move around and fight you? I can't
0: believe how dexterous they were. They were so their movement was incredible.
1: That's the difference. I was because I was going to say it's very. uh, I think the newest. I don't know if Dino Charge is the newest or most current iteration. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, I mean they're making a
0: new one now, but yeah, right, releasing it. Yeah, uh, Ninja Storm.
1: Oh really? Yes. See, that's so crazy. Like, there's like fifty million of them now, and from what I saw of, I don't know if it's really fifty million, <laughs> but it's a lot. I mean, so twenty fourth com- season, I think. Well, okay, but I mean, like when, as a kid growing up in the nineties, I and I've told you this, I loved the Power Rangers. I was Power Ranger birthday, Power Ranger whatever. I thought I made up my own Power Ranger to be. I was going to be the purple one because I didn't want to replace the any of the originals. One. I didn't oh. want to replace any of the originals. So, um, but that was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. From what I was able to find, so in your specific iteration, it seems very different in the sense that, for example, you are—you play Sir Ivan of Xander, right? Now, okay. tell us a little bit about him, oh. because the originals that I grew up watching—they were just people; kids. they were just American kids. Yes, right. So you are from yes. a different planet. So
0: I'm from yeah. So the one of the original uh, producers of. Mighty Morphin came back on. Wow, uh, on my year, and so he was like, you know what, we're gonna go back to the heart of this st- of storytelling. We're gonna bring back.
1: Did they know, get away from that in the mid? In the uh, middle?
0: Yeah, it started. Uh, the whole production of it started to get really strange, even in terms of a, a television show and, and their style of filmmaking. Right. So he was like, "No, let's go back to actually putting precedence into the storytelling." Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. You. So they were getting back Boom. to the more storytelling based. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so he he was like, you know what? Let's let's bring let's go through time. Let's travel. Let's time travel. Let's bring a caveman. Let's bring. <laughs> See, uh, so this is different. though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's bring a caveman. Let's bring a knight. Is that, you? that was, that you? was me okay. yeah that was me so and you came from the planet of xandar no 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 the the country of xandar in the 1500s it's basically oh, so sort of you're like you're not Middle from England. a different planet no no no. i'm from everyone's from the same planet why
1: did i think you were from space because i speak like this i don't know <laughs> well, like, that's uh, funny yeah oh okay so okay i was thinking you were brought in from another planet but you're just brought in from another time our
0: mentor comes from another planet yeah okay
1: well that yeah. makes sense but you know well speaking of which does zordon still exist uh no. it's sort of a
0: zordon rec- recreation but it's not zordon
1: himself. and i'm assuming rita repulsa and zed they're all gone right right
0: but they sort of have these uh commedia dell arte sort oh, of yeah? responses to that yeah oh really yeah okay. so i don't fight what, what was his name though the lion one back from back in the uh, day Oh, goldar goldar yeah, yeah oh. so there's no goldar but there is fury okay yeah who i lived inside for
1: 500 years oh really years. oh yeah i read about yeah. that and the kids who i teach now so they've gotten to the your new version and they'll now they'll start asking me questions that i won't know how to answer them like they'll ask me about inner gems and i'm like i don't know what that is we didn't have i don't know what an inner gem is what is an energy an
0: energy gem is from which we have our power it was oh, it was, so it was yeah. like the
1: um not the transformer with what it's i guess it was whatever their belt was that say it's more for time and Oh, punch the mic. Yeah. You say it's more time, and then they would have their belt. Whatever. The Morpher. Yeah. Morpher.
0: So, yeah, so the Energem would become the Morpher. Okay. And it, and it's cool. There's also this whole biotechnology aspect of the show. Okay, so the energem is this natural sort of rock, and then it's combined with a, a, our technology of today, which creates the morpher.
1: That's so crazy to me that your management people were like, "No, this is too small." Yeah, that's the, what they basically said. It's too small. The fran- I mean, the Power Rangers franchise is F- obviously. I mean, I watched it growing up. Did you? Did I you- watched it grow.
0: I watched Mighty Morphin. I had Mighty Morphin comforters and toys right. and the whole thing.
1: And like in the first movie. I think is still great. With yeah. like Ivan News that guy. Like, oh that yeah, I a, saw it the other day. It was, I showed <laughs> it, was it. I showed it to these kids. Um, and like, yeah, no, that was great. And so like, I don't know. I just feel like that's, it's obviously endured. I, I don't know. I think it's very famous because now you have adults who grew up watching it. So I think it's even more known. That's funny that they said that. Were they just talking about like money wise?
0: Yeah, I think it probably comes down to money because oh. yeah, if you do an MTV show or a show on ABC, you know, it's it's a different platform than this Nickelodeon experience, as okay. great as it is.
1: Well, Nickelodeon, so do they even have they used to have a studio in Florida. I know that's closed down though.
0: Oh yeah, that was back in the day too. I know They're coming from Universal Studios, Florida, right? Right at right. the end of every well, show. I, I,
1: well, and I'd go to you would go to Florida and you'd get to have a tour of like the Nickelodeon Studios. Oh my gosh, is yeah. that close? I is. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah, of that. Yeah, it's really sad actually. It's the uh, but but do they have so is that why you guys were in New Zealand?
0: Uh, I think whoever, uh, yeah, Saban or, or whomever brought it to to New Zealand ages ago, Saban? or was it Disney? I don't know. I think it was Disney. Yeah, but, they brought it to. But Saban, he's
1: still that's Saban. Saban is it Saban? It is Saban. Oh, I only heard it called Saban. Everyone's saying it wrong. We need you need to spread that word. Oh yeah. Um, but he, that, that's the original. I mean that's the original creator and like right yeah yeah and he's still connected to all of them. Oh my gosh year.
0: yeah! If you watch the film right now, it's it, I mean actually right. if you fandango the movie, it yeah. doesn't say Power Rangers. It's a yeah, Bond right. Power Rangers.
1: In fact, I think that's the official title of that movie. Yeah, it's it is the yeah. official. <laughs> t- it's
0: the only producer that will put his name on. That's the, funny.
1: <laughs> why? That's his claim to fame. I don't understand why people are trying to flee from the Rangers that's weird mm-hmm. um i'm sure yeah, yeah okay so they just came out with that new power rangers movie and it actually harkens back to the original concept like yes the very original the,
0: the scene in which they meet zordon is basically exactly the same word for word really yeah well i mean they don't say some of the 90s slang but it's it's the <laughs> same sort of types of oh the pink one is
1: sort of skeptical the red the same, one is walking away and They have the, the same names yeah, and they have the same names. Even Trini and like everyone is the exact. Now I they've switched. I I haven't seen the new movie, but I think like one thing that I even as a six year old I oh, remember yeah. thinking was weird in the original mm-hmm. was how the original Yellow Ranger was Trini, an Asian girl, and the original Black Ranger was Zach, a black guy, and oh, I was yeah. like, that's a little weird. And I didn't even as a six year old I couldn't I didn't even know the yellow and Asian connection, but I just thought. That's odd. And I, looking back, I'm like, why in the world did they do that? <laughs> that's so that's been switched. Oh, yeah,
0: on purpose. I, I met I the casting so. director, and she told me that they casting was some of the, one of the, uh, the hardest things to do basically because it was always sort of like a rubik's cube uh-huh. in which you could not cast the yellow as the, as asian the black <laughs> as a black right. the red couldn't be native american it, like it got hyper specific well, uh, well
1: yeah. i just right i just can't believe they did that so like yeah yeah of course the black range will be black like, even in 1992 or 3. Mm-hmm. but Yeah, so that's, well, everyone should be happy because we have a Black Ranger in the right. first place. Well, and so that's the one... Yeah, the thing got rid of him, right? And then the season, like, two, I think he actually quit. I think there was contract disputes. So oh, the original yeah. Red, Yellow, oh, yeah. and Black Ranger quit, which is fu- funny because they wanted more money. Yes, which they deserve. I'm sure. I'm sure. But then you have, but guys, that's like, story. Well, then you have guys like... Billy, I can't think of his real name. Uh, David David yeah. Frost or David yeah. Yoast. David Yost, Yes. Or something. Yeah. He was in he was in it like forever. Mm. And he was in he was actually like I he was like thirty or something in the when they're playing teenagers. So he must have been like Well,
0: so is everyone in Greece.
1: <laughs> but then do you realize that he actually quit? I only I just found this out in doing some reading about it. He quit because he felt like he was being a little bullied because he was gay. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Originally. Yeah. 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 Well, well. It's did come you... around. Well, now
0: the Yellow Ranger is supposed to like oh, kind yeah. of be gay because of that line in the movie.
1: I don't even know what it is, but people were they've outraged. Come a, they've come around. They've, they're outraged. People are well. Hello, like, people are. They're like boycotting Beauty and the Beast in Russia because there's the candle uh, Lumiere might be gay. It's ridiculous. People just want to be outraged about stuff. Well, there's no
0: gay people in Russia. Like there's no gay people right, around. They don't exist.
1: I know. Yeah, I don't know why how they did they did that. Um, Does it bother you at all that they decided to go so far back to the original characters like they couldn't, you know, make a movie with your iteration and use you guys?
0: Oh, yeah. That was the rule. They're like, we're not going to cross universes. So, oh,
1: well, yeah. So I was I was originally going to say, like, could you have had a part in this new movie? But I figured not because you are now known as the Gold Ranger. So you couldn't go and be some other Ranger.
0: It's almost like we can't bring Tommy McGuire to be in the Spider-Man franchise because he was Spider-Man. But I meant
1: like instead of going back and using the original concept and names and stuff, why didn't they just make a Dino Charge movie?
0: Oh, right. Well, I think they wanted a actual reboot of the original. That was sort of the, which, I mean, it's the same seduction as Spider Man. It's like, let's yeah. not just uh, con- create a continuation. Let's actually bring in the original.
1: It was, I mean, I honestly, like, kept growing up with the original, it was pretty exciting to see that they look totally different. Yeah. But they're sexier. You know, well, uh, well, they're looking. Is, well, you mean the, the actual actors? No, I mean the cinematographers. Uh, okay. I was like, well, dang, don't tell that to the originals. Yeah. Um, All right, let's see. So people, okay, so people who only know you as the Gold Rangers, so probably a lot of kids, might be surprised by some of your other work, (laughs) don't you think? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that's just some of it that's more adult themed, not or not even adult themed, but like you know, just not directed towards kids. Sure. Um, Like for example, Densely Hollow. Ah, yes. Now that was a short film. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, when was that? Twenty thirteen. Yeah. So was that was before that Power Rangers. It was. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, well, one step before. Well, I teamed up with uh, Christopher Lopez, and and uh, he showed me this screenplay, and we actually made one short movie before that, okay. and that went to Cannes Film Festival. Uh, we did The Cure together, uh, and he was in it. I was in it. He directed it. Uh, it was had produced and then we found out that it went to can and we we're like oh my gosh we have to make movies yeah let's so then we did densely hollow which was sort of all the themes that we thought but amplified and we were tackling on corporate greed and and um and and corruption as well as sort of a stockholm syndrome we had a submarine we we hired animators in russia and we made densely hollow and then
1: wow well you played a what what was your you were like a soldier
0: right yeah he, he was uh, he was sort of a, a runaway he's a complex sort of strange kind of, yeah he's a, a run of a runaway fugitive uh a, a character and, and he sort of rescues uh this scientist who was sort of kidnapped by the military when he refused to cooperate this kid from mit who was um working on um sort of like a space travel project and and when he refused to cooperate with the military they kidnapped him and, and was sending him to sort of like a Guantanamo setup, and then my character goes into the submarine and saves his life, and then tries to heal him from the process of having been tortured.
1: Oh wow! And how does he do that?
0: Oh yeah, and of course that. Well, I mean, it was it was, a, I don't know, it's therapeutic technique, uh, but. The crazy part was that movie was, I mean, it was, it was, the antagonist was the NSA. It was the National Security wow. Agency. Wow. And it was all about how they were sort of following him and listening to him and, and sort of accompanying his life and then taking over. And then that was way before it Edward Snowden, yeah, oh, wow. came out and said, oh yeah, the NSA is listening to everyone's conversations and cell phones and, and. Computer scary, screens. Prophetic. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was great. And then we, we've made a series of films, and which has led us to the one now.
1: But so yeah. that's from what I... The, even the synopsis that I read about Densley Hollow, and what, even from what you just said, isn't that the movie, though, where there's a, like an intimate bath scene between you and your co-star? Ah, the uh, yes. Christopher... There's,
0: a, there's a short intimate bath <laughs> scene, <laughs> well, which gets interrupted by the psychomaniac some... caretaker of the oh, mansion really? where we're... Yeah. Were
1: you apprehensive at all? Not just like... Um, To be some, I know some people who don't won't do nudity just because because it's they're not comfortable doing it. But also, uh, you know, to be intimate with intimate with another male. I know people who I know that in L.A. I I mean I have a friend there who's whose agent has kind of made him shy away from anything like that because they don't want him to be seen that way because they think it would it prevent him from being cast in other mainstream stuff. Which is um, really sad. I think. But were you apprehensive at all about that? did you even think about it was It was the first time yeah it was
0: like sort of the first pseudo nudity scene i'd ever done but um it was an interesting film you know so and it was well shot and it felt like a it was a piece of cinema you it know?
1: wasn't like gratuitous
0: yeah it wasn't gratuitous at all and i mean if if, if you watch the film it, it is a bizarre movie for sure but it's it's tastefully done you know mm-hmm. so it felt okay
1: and it felt like it was it moved the story along see that's all that i that's the only thing that would bother me personally is i've been in shows before state shows where they will just kind of like and then they get naked well yeah they'll write it in yeah. to a script that i've either read or been in before and i'm like i'm not doing it. like it's totally just naked for naked sake sure and i'm like no I'm not going to do that because there's no reason to do that. It's not in the script. Right. You're adding it. But if I if it was if it moved the story along and it made sense, that's a totally different. It would just make me feel totally different about it, and it would probably make it a lot more comfortable. I
0: think the gifts is what makes it worth it. The, the gifts? gifts. The gifts oh. that now exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, oh the are gifts. there? Are there?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, it, see, now that's there another was, reason. Yeah, there
0: were these. It was a weird evening, and uh, Christopher, who I made mean, the film with. Sent me the uh, this email. It's like, hey, have you have you Googled the film? And then there was these weird sort of gifs about it was and it was cross Power Rangers too. So it was like Power Glutes and really, it was bizarre. See, now that's
1: what I that's why <laughs> I ask. Were you apprehensive? Well, it was before Power Rangers though.
0: It was before Power Rangers, and then but this happened after it aired and after it was on Netflix. So it wasn't even during. It
1: didn't even become so a that, thing. But. So you're saying there's like noon beams of you out there. Well, does that not, bother you?
0: It's just my butt, you know, it's not a big deal.
1: I mean, no, and no, I yeah. mean, well, whatever, but your butt, nude. Yeah, I it's mean. my butt, in, a, in an
0: <laughs> awesome, strange, kind of cool, provocative film. You sure, know? but so, when
1: you turn it into just a, you know, an internet meme, then right. they don't have that context.
0: Sure, but I hope that the person will at least, I hope so. you know, then say, well, where does
1: this come from? Sure. Okay, so it doesn't bother you. That's good. It shouldn't. Because why let that bother you? It's a, it's a, What can you do about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean,
0: there was a question mark over my head within the moment. Oh, was there? I mean, you know. What in is, the movie? What does this mean? No, no, no. Oh, no, uh, okay. No, I was no, like, that would be style. weird. No no, yeah. no, 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 no,
1: Um. Okay, well then, yeah, yeah. Okay, you must not. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, you must not have been too uncomfortable with the concept because you went on to play a young, I think, gay character in some... some
0: Something like Summer.
1: Something like Summer, yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about that film?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they told me they're like, I watched Densely Hollow, and then that's no, sort they of. No, they did, they did, really? they did, they did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so one thing leads to another, you know? But,
1: okay, but do they think that you're now... Ne- okay, so he he's going to play gay roles.
0: Well, I mean, this was. Uh, someone who wrote a gay story and then saw that I had done a gay role. <laughs> and knew
1: that you wouldn't be against it. Uh, yeah, and then
0: confirmed.
1: So okay, me. so your character didn't call gay. See, that's kind of what I was asking. Well,
0: is he, is he not? I mean it's it's sort they of an don't. exploratory scene. Okay, you so know? it's They're, not part of the No, it kind of comes almost left field. You know, it's it's okay. it's uh let's because the whole time it's it's very intimate. Uh I mean it's it's very scientific. It's very like let let's heal you and let's get into your into your memory hmm. and and figure out how to get over the fact that you were tortured by the military and so forth and then suddenly it's like well let's actually have let's have a moment together as soon as they do it, it all gets interrupted
1: gotcha yeah and that's also you know uh, another opportunity for you to use the martial arts training oh yeah yeah yes so that's coming handy um, but so what is something like summer is a uh, you play Tim
0: yeah uh, Tim Wyman it's based on a, a book a very um, awesome book well-written book by Jay bell and so he had written something like summer and also wrote uh shortly thereafter something like winter which is something like summer through my character's perspective okay so that was the only book i actually read after they cast me in it and it was it was just lovely and it was so sincere about growing up and and the questions of sexuality and Mm -hmm. uh society and growing pains and it, it felt like something that definitively deserved um time artistry
1: creation so your team that kind of poo-pooed power rangers with roles like this are they like go for it i mean really i mean like because then agents and managers they have opinions on this stuff oh yeah oh
0: yeah they do uh luckily mine is a little bit more offbeat and it isn't this conservative tie wearing fanatic you know so it's it's
1: well and it's not so much they're you know uncomfortable with anything like gay or whatever but Mm -hmm. they're just talking about like unfortunately like when you think of gay actors like famous gay actors people usually can name like nathan lane and now neil patrick harris whom
0: i worked with or i did neil patrick no 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 nathan nathan really yeah
1: wow yeah he's great but besides those two there aren't a lot of openly gay like whatever and like honestly obviously playing a gay part does not mean someone's openly gay or gay at all but, like, they just, there's still such a weird stigma about it. Like, they don't, if you play a gay role, then people might associate you with that, and then you can't get cast as a straight role. And it's like, that's unfortunately, it's true to an extent, but that's really dumb. I mean, that's so dumb. But I do know that agents do sometimes worry about that. But yours didn't. Doesn't.
0: No, no, no. And, I mean, I, I've heard of other actors uh, that have had other roles where then Out Magazine will want to, do a spread on them, and then and then I actually heard my manager say, "Well, I don't know if you want to actually come out as gay on out magazine. It's one thing to do the movie, right. but do you actually
1: want to do the article you know well so but people have been in out magazine who aren't gay, aren't they, haven't there? Or do you have to be gay to be in that magazine? I don't know about the criteria oh, to the to part? exist in oh, Out Magazine, but the, maybe I'm thinking of the Advocate, right? Because because people have been in the Advocate who aren't gay. And it's in the title. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, okay.
1: So they asked you to do it, and your aunt may no, not it. me, not me
0: personally, <laughs> but other actors. <laughs> okay. In other words, it, it bringing up the fact that even though my manager was very open about doing something like Summer, right. there were other instances where an actor had to be oh, even okay. more exposed, okay. and then they were then they brought up right. sort of this dilemma. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, th- I we're seeing more and more actors who do come out and do roles that are gay and not gay and I hope are doing so. superheroes. Ezra Miller I think is a fantastic example. Who's that? Ezra Miller? Sorry, yeah, I mean, He's <laughs> about to play I mean he's about to come out as the Flash. Okay. You know, in terms of big Hollywood, but I yeah. mean he's done some incredible
1: movies. And there's that guy, I can't remember who's been in, but he was in maybe like a CW thing, I can't I can't remember, but he's gotten like this online battle with the kid in the it's this new sitcom, on, uh, ABC, but I guess like he was interviewed and he said that. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about?
0: You're talking about it's not the Goldbergs. No, it's no, not it's Goldbergs. not the Goldbergs. But the title, oh, like, it's like a, it's I know, like it's a just like the Goldbergs, Hispanic
1: family or maybe an Italian family. I think it's yeah. an Italian family
0: with Mar- with uh, Plimpton. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But anyway, they got in a war. But I guess the guy who he was kind of attacking, was like, I don't give a shit if people know that I'm gay. <laughs> like yeah. Or whatever. I think that is so unnecessary, too. Like, gay actors do real not real need- O'Neills. Yes, that's yes. it. They do not need to attack each other. You know what I mean? It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But since, really, before Rangers, even, you've been very busy. I mean, like, it looks like, so Margot in America, Adrift, The Man from Earth, Holocene? Oh, yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Okay, now... And then Polaroid. Polaroid's a horror film, right? Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. Polaroid. That was yeah. it just shot that in Halifax. That really? Yeah.
1: Wow. Why? Because it's cheaper. <laughs> Why? Well, well, I hear that sometimes they'll do that. They'll shoot in Canada because it's cheap. Like they <laughs> they did um a lot of movies that are supposed to be set in New York. Sure. Will be shot in Canada. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. I don't know. It was the what's Polaroid about?
0: Ah, uh, Polaroid is about a Polaroid camera that once you take the photo of someone with this. Haunted camera. Oh God! Uh, this it's, ghost comes. Okay, so it's
1: like a ring thing.
0: It's like, and it's cr- it's the producers of the ring. Oh, of
1: course. Okay, and uh, maybe the writer. <laughs> 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 so they take your picture, and then what? Seven days later, a ghost comes. Seven days. <laughs> <No. laughs> that would be, be. It funny. might not be seven days.
0: It might be a lot less. Oh, okay. Yeah. Might be. It might be, but it was it was an awesome cast, and and it was um it was it was it was some special. Oh my gosh the whole the whole point I think was that the uh Lars who directed the film and Wait, wrote... Lars What's his last name? What's Lars's last name? Do you know? Oh, you have it right in front of no, me. No, I don't. Please.
1: Okay, never mind. <laughs> La- well, it's Lars, it doesn't matter. No, oh, it does matter. <laughs> I don't have it right in front of me. Wait, this is Polaroid? Yes. Okay, we'll keep talking and right, we'll find it. All right, look, it. we'll find
0: it. Lars and his DP were they made Polaroid uh and submitted... I mean they they're these two guys from Norway, and they submit it to the L.A. Film Festival, gets in, wins the top prize. Weinstein's find out, uh, they find out about the film, and they basically produce... Kiefberg.
1: Yes, Kiefberg, one and only. (laughs)
0: Right. At this point. Duh. After this movie. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, and Blair Butler wrote it. Yeah, well, Blair,
0: yeah, no, 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 Blair Butler came in afterwards, after the fact.
1: Oh, she kind of just touched it up? The screenwriter. Well,
0: no, she extended it into a feature oh, film. Gotcha, it was gotcha. a short film before. Oh, yeah. But it, it's a Hollywood success story is what I'm trying to say. In terms of having one short film get seen by this wonderful, well, staple producer who then allows that director and his DP to make the movie. Oh, yeah. So we have someone, who uh, basically uh, this pair that's out of Hollywood to come in and bring a very fresh artistic light to what we would normally kind of feel as a very conventional idea
1: and do you like doing horror films has is this your first it's my first
0: film? yeah to that extent absolutely it was my first
1: yeah was it grueling
0: Ah, uh, no it was it was fantastic do you movie. feel like
1: having done uh like if you do your own fighting in power rangers and then you did density hollow which is also very physical sure do you feel like these other movies subsequent have been kind of a piece of cake well really i mean like you're not doing as much exertion like sure or are you well
0: i mean i feel like every whenever you have to sort of deal with something that i mean a substantial scene dramatic scene you know you're you're pulling from so many places so no Uh, sometimes it's a lot easier to just throw your legs and arms around choreographed as opposed (laughs) to your emotions and you're like yeah yeah you know so it's it's a very different kind of exertion right
1: So what are you filming right now? Any of the things that I just named? I think those are all in post-production, right? Yeah, yeah, those are
0: all in post. But
1: you you were, weren't you just like days ago somewhere like over, like filming somewhere?
0: Days ago, I was in, I was doing an Eastern European and Middle Eastern tour.
1: Wow. Uh, For what? Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm working with uh, a a wonderful, he calls himself an ex-journalist, but I think once a journalist, always a journalist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nicholas Kralov, who had flown with the uh, Secretaries of State for the last 15 years, oh. since Madeleine Albright, all the way through.
1: Rex Holland. Tillerson? No, pre-Rex. <laughs> okay. Pre, Pre-T-Rex. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was hardly even the Secretary of State. No, he's, he's sort of just. Jared Kushner.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: but anyway, so he's, he's missed Rex, but.
0: Yeah, so he's flown, and uh, we, we, I mean, I was sort of exposed to his uh well, his own exposure on diplomacy and having Mm -hmm. seen a 100 embassies and met countless ambassadors and and consulate members and so forth, and the stories that they have to tell about their experiences and how it's undertold in the fabric of our society. So I want to make some kind of new media project to reflect their experiences while also taking the viewers to these different countries where their experiences are concretized as the fabric of society. Of course, not to say that America is the reason awesome countries are awesome.
1: <laughs> not right now,
0: especially not right,
1: You're right. now. Well, Wait, so this is your this is your own undertaking, this the tour. Oh
0: yeah, well, so Nick uh, brought me along, uh-huh. and so he's doing an international speaking tour. Okay. And so he goes and speaks in Bulgaria, Georgia. Uh, we skip through Athens and, and Poland. Uh, but then Turkey and then finally finishing at in the United Arab Emirates.
1: Okay. I almost thought you were gonna say United
0: Airlines. Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> finishing at United Airlines like, getting thrown out. Right. Yeah. Like, dang, there No, oh, no, geez. no. All right.
1: So you so you were just there?
0: yeah, I was just in uh yeah, six countries, two and a half weeks. Wow. Was and it that
1: must have been exhausting?
0: at some points, at other points it was re energizing, yeah, you know. But yeah, it was it was also a little tiring getting a lot of footage and I look forward to putting it together and, and shaping a story so that we can sort of start talking about diplomacy in a way that's sort of fun.
1: Right. Didn't you start, do you have a production company that you started with a friend, like something films?
0: Oh yeah. Well, Densely Hollow Films named after oh. the film itself. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. We made The Cure, right? Uh, Densely Hollow.
1: And The Cure was very successful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it
0: was, it, it, I mean, and so is that, and, is
1: that under this umbrella? It is. It is. Cool. And
0: then we most recently, uh, finished making Adrift, which was our premiere feature, our debut feature. Wow. With and the, where do you
1: get the funding for that? You have to find producers? Well,
0: especially for Adrift. I mean, we were working with the producer, the creator of Dexter. Okay. And um, we cast uh, Lauren Luna-Velez as the mom, and she's, nice. and she's on Great. How to Get Away right now. Oh, yeah? Avec Le Mondeur. Wow. It was with her first uh, that we latched on, and then um, her husband came on board as the producer. Oh, nice. And then we made the film Great. happen.
1: That's awesome. All right. Well, here I usually end with this. You know how on the Inside the Actors Studio, he asked, does that questionnaire by P- be not Pivo? And he's like, what's your favorite word? Uh. Well, that's not what this is. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. So you know that? Well, this isn't it. It's just a questionnaire, but it's just a bunch of random questions. OK, cool. OK. So answer off the top of my head. Kind right. Of thing? Yes, that's the point. But then I look at the questions. And I'm like, these are not like rapid fire questions. For example, here's the first one. If you were to host a dinner party for any five people in the world, dead or alive, who would you invite?
0: Uh, Salvador Dali, uh, Jesus, <laughs> Muhammad. <laughs> we have to get them together. Um, Work this out. Br- yeah, Britney Spears. <laughs> I, sh- I probably shouldn't have said that.
1: Why? Uh, you got to be honest, it's rapid fire.
0: Yeah, it's totally rapid fire. It's like off the top
1: of my head. And she and Jesus are really close. <laughs> yeah,
0: so close, you know? And uh, uh, is that four? Mm-hmm. That's four so, so far. more. And the last one will have to be none other than Charlie
1: Chaplin. Oh, nice. Okay, so we had Jesus, Muhammad, Charlie Chaplin, Britney Spears, and... Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali. That was the first one. Nice. Okay, if you were mayor for the day, what three things would you change about your city? And in this case, let's say your city is New York. Oh, great. Because that's your real city.
0: Yeah, because if it was LA, I would say public transportation. So in terms of New York, uh, as mayor, it would be... No. Oh, well making um art and museums as well as plays and stuff even more accessible. So it would be subsidizing that. Um making health food subsidized and accessible mm-hmm. so that right. and making sure that there's no more hikes uh, in in metro fare. And Oh my god. And sol- and making that like a solid good old, you know. Right.
1: You know, I talk, I complained about that on this show like 2 weeks ago because it went up again. Again, I heard about in that in March and Okay, when I moved here, which is less than seven years ago, for thirty day Metro uh, MetroCard was eighty nine dollars, and I remember when I moved here thinking eighty nine dollars, Jesus, that's like expensive. <laughs> now it's like a hundred and twenty three or something. It's eighty nine seems like a steal. Yeah, but going up from eighty nine to one hundred twenty three in less than seven years, that's like. That's a huge hike.
0: Yeah, I don't think inflation has corresponded no. with that. You well, know? and they
1: say it's like to keep for the upkeep, and like I get it, I get that the subway is twenty four hours, but the
0: upkeep, you know, there's like a million. How many about, million people Right, are on right there. every day? Someone's make, walking away with an extra
1: penthouse. They make That's what's billions of dollars. Yeah. Like I get it. Yeah, it's, it takes a lot of upkeep. Whatever. I'm on accountability. But they haven't like improved at all. In fact, they've gotten worse. Yes, according I, to strap you hands. Know,
0: the last. I'm sure you went into the subway the other day, and you're it's like, oh yeah, the Manhattan bound. Trains it's, are not even working. That's
1: always happening. And there's no shuttle bus. And and they, like, they shut down the G for two months, two years ago or something. And I used to take that to work every day. And they said that it was going to be shut down for two months. But afterwards, it'll run more frequently and it's going to be so much better. And little did they know that I'd actually been timing how long I had to wait for the G every time I went in. And it got worse afterwards. It actually was... The G sucks anyway. But the service was worse after the two months. So... Every hike pisses me right the hell off. Yeah. Because I'm like, what is this money going towards? Hey,
0: certain countries actually go into complete protest, you know, as a result of hikes. But we don't know how
1: to do I mean, no. We suck here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Here we're like, yeah, it must be for the right reasons. Or
1: we'll we'll, we'll complain about it and be like, this is fucking bullshit. Okay.
0: As we're swiping our cars and paying for it. We have to get to work. Yeah, we got to get to work. But
1: like, that's the thing. It's like, before long, Subway. Rides are going to be too expensive for people. What are people going to do? No Uber. Well, think about how like really people who really are strapped for money. Like, I mean, I, I don't even buy thirty days anymore. I just do the week because I'm not. I don't want to spend a hundred. I don't want to spend that. Oh, at of money. one time, right? Yeah. It's like plus. I don't know how you know. Like, there might be a day here and there when maybe I don't use the subway, and so is it really worth one hundred twenty three whatever? That's a good thing to change yes. as the as the mayor, as mayor really see. like. Okay, you've made it really expensive. It can never go up again. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah, the service will have to go up instead, right? Let's make service better instead of But then they'll be there. like, oh, well,
1: then that's going to be $5 billion more billion No. Who's no. in charge? It's the tra- uh, Transportation Commission or whatever? MCA. Get him in here. Yeah. All right. Now, this question has to be taken off this list, but here it, here it goes since it hasn't been yet. If you knew you were going to die this week... What three songs would you like performed or played at your funeral? You can't say nothing because you don't you don't want a silent funeral. Come on. Okay.
0: Uh, Beethoven's <laughs> Eroica.
1: You've um, thought about this before.
0: No. Oh, okay. I just, those are just songs that are always in my head These are under good. great no, circumstances.
1: I like okay. So that's a great one. Yeah. And
0: do you ever see the movie "The Fall"?
1: No, but isn't that where um, Barber's Adagio? Or that's no, no, no. That's sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's really sad. No,
0: no, not Barber's Adagio. It, no, it's another Beethoven. But I think it's the seventh second movement. If Wait a minute.
1: Oh, I think I know. I think that's one of my favorite. Are you talking about in E? It's like dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 I, it's dun, also in Mr. Holland's dun, Opus. I yeah. love that. I wrote, I did a paper on that piece. Really? He, yeah, in college. That's I, a great every one. Every
0: time I see something absolutely dun, incredible, dun, dun, I
1: can. Yeah. Yes. That's a great one. So Beethoven uh,
0: dominates two, and then maybe. That's
1: impri- I'm, Yeah, I love that. You're a big, big Beethoven guy.
0: Well, for those two pieces. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm more of a Chopin guy. but...
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Light. Well, do you have a Chopin you want? Mm. Mm, nocturne? Well you don't yeah. have to use a band, you... so this is your question. This my... is your funeral. You yeah. get to those so two played. Beethoven's are I, great. I suppose
0: something should be played that is uh much much happier. Uh
1: yeah. Uh would you really want a happy song about your funeral?
0: Well, it's sort of like that idea of having everyone wear white instead of black.
1: Okay. You know? All right. Yeah. So what's your last one?
0: The last one will be Yeah, something something dancey what is something it something that makes everyone get on their tchaikovsky
1: feet. the nutcracker what do you want to have yeah,
0: lion king
1: the lion king yeah, yeah. that'd be the, good the i don't mean, know avenue q whatever yeah. floats your boat this is your funeral okay we can come back to this we'll come back to the okay, last one okay and this is the last question what's the scariest movie you've ever seen
0: as a child watching deep blue sea
1: really made me kind of scared <laughs> and you didn't watch a lot of scary movies, I take it. No. Uh, the,
0: oh, I saw Red Dragon earlier than I should have. See,
1: I used to rant scary movies way before I was supposed to. Yeah. They'd scare the crap out of me. I'd vow never to watch them again. Then we'd go back to Blockbuster. I'd trade it in for another one, another scary movie. My parents should have done something about this, but mm-hmm. I was the youngest of five, so they're like, we don't we don't care. We don't care. Uh, Red Dragon. What's that about?
0: Red Dragon? It was the prequel to Hannibal. Oh, that's right. With Edward Norton. Yeah, that's right. And Ralph did you
1: see any of the... Did you see Silence of the Lambs? I did. But it, was, it was less scary. You think? Uh, Billy, or Wy- Wild Bill. What's his name? Uh, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. He gets yeah. deranged. You wanna
0: be... You wanna...
1: I want oh. so bad. And then she gets his dog and he goes ballistic. Yeah. That's terrible. All right. What's your third song? Oh, the
0: third song is <laughs> going to be... Uh,
1: The third song... <laughs>
0: <It's> a, <laughs> you know music. I do.
1: I'm surprised this is so hard for you. Well,
0: I mean, it's your funeral. It's the last song they're going to play.
1: Right. So it should be a song you love. It doesn't have to necessarily be funeral fitting. Oh,
0: you're right. You're right. Yeah. Just a song, a loved song. It, yeah, it would be Muse. It would be something like...
1: What, what, what's your favorite song? Oh,
0: yeah. There's, um, there's a piece that... There's a Bach piece that's played when Angelina Jolie, as Laura Croft, is really is is, is <laughs> really
1: <laughs> well no no i'm saying i didn't i've never yeah, seen tomb raider
0: is um is doing these crazy sort of uh tricks in her mansion and she's sort of strapped onto the the sides of the walls and she's just backflipping
1: wow and it's uh and it totally says javi santos, <laughs> it says, javi santos yeah, <laughs> that's good i love it's, bach it's bach really, is great um,
0: yeah it's really really cool uh, but and it's peaceful and i i took diving in in college for a year and a half and I would listen to that and some other things beforehand. Really? And I would, I would feel noticeably much more comfortable throwing myself backwards off of a dive board.
1: Wow. Okay, well, okay, so we're running out of time, but let's see. So, what? So, they can check out the Power Rangers Dino Charge and look for Adrift. Oh, yeah,
0: especially the director's cut when it comes out in right. December. By in December, okay, yeah. So,
1: that's when it comes out Adrift and Polaroid. Yeah, we're doing
0: the music for it. You are? Yeah, uh, well, music supervising. Wow, yeah.
1: that's cool. Yeah. Did you have a composer?
0: I had absolutely wonderful composer.
1: Well, good. We'll keep an eye out for that. And The Man from Earth, Hollow Scene, and a short film called Margo and America. Well, Davy Santos, thank you so much for coming in and being on the show. I'm glad you can make it. Where are you off to now? You're back to L.A. Yeah, I'm here
0: in New York for seven days. Seven days, thank oh goodness, God. and then back to
1: L.A. You kind of you probably watched that film and are like, I got to get away for seven Gosh, days. Yeah, and she will what, find yeah. you. All right. Well, yeah. So you've been listening to the next best thing, and remember, no matter what, apathy is the enemy.
0: That's right. Empathy is key.
1: Empathy. Absolutely. Empathy. But apathy is the enemy. Don't shy, away from, don't shy away from issues because you know they're controversial. Learn about them. Form an opinion. Care. And then vote. Take action. Do something. For Radio Free Brooklyn, this is The Next Best Thing. I'm John Lerner with Davi Santos. Good night. Good night.